Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to our, no, our three. Easy to get lost in this morning. <laughs> I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us, because we just want to be loved. And I suspect that people with their cameras out in the studio this morning are doing the same thing that I'm doing. And that's Facebook Live to try to compensate for the fact that uh, we apparently can't get on the air, Storm having knocked out our transmission facilities. But we will air this mm-hmm. in tomorrow's, um, we will air this Tuesday morning in the 8 o'clock segment as well, assuming we don't come on the air at some point this morning. So I'm pleased to be in studio with a number of folks that are running for the school board here in the Queen City. <clears throat> And we'll go by ward, or at least in order. Uh, in ward one is uh, Joe Lachance, who's up against Sarah Ambrosi, who um, well, we'll talk about in just a minute. In ward four, we have Mark Flanders, who's Boy. running against Leslie Want. In ward five, we have incumbent Lisa Freeman, who has the joys of being challenged by former school board member, uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, Kathy Staub, who um, yours truly defeated two years ago. People didn't think it was cool that head lice was in school, but cupcakes were not, and those were Kathy's big <laughs> issues. In Ward 6, we have John DePietro, who's up against Dan, the superhero Bergeron, and then uh, Jimmy LaHoo, Hello. who's running in Ward 8 against Erica Connors. So, folks, I'm going to do my best with uh, Facebook Live this morning so you can hear it as it unfolds, unless you guys just want me to shut it down and we'll just talk out loud to each other. <laughs> and, uh, no, we can do that anytime. Yeah. Let's stay professional. Yeah, let's stay professional here, right? And so um, we'll 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 do this. So each of you are running for the school board. Some of you for the first time. Some of you for the second. And um, I want to start with those of you who are running for the second time. And Jimmy, since I have the camera on you, all right. Um, let's uh, let, let's let's talk about why once more unto the breach you go. You had a tight race last time with incumbent Erica Connors who, um, like many of the incumbents, are the beneficiary of what will no doubt be tens of thousands of dollars spent on their behalf by the Save the Children Action Network and other special interest groups. Why are you uh, once more under the breach here? Um, As you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm Jimmy LaHoo, Ward 8. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, I did run last time. And I lost by first time having ever done that, um, ever doing such a crazy thing. I uh, lost by 72 votes, Um, and looking back at it, um, there were things that I could have done better, um, things that I could have done more of. Um, In this particular time, um, I uh, heeded those warnings, and I actually did um, step it up a notch, um, go door-to-door, stuff like that. But the reason I'm running is it's the same old, same old. Um, The reason I ran the first time, um, lack of transparency. Um, very little involvement with parents, um, notifications, letting them know what's happening in the ward, um, and just plain, plain votes. Um, when you look, when you watch a school board meeting, I had a, uh, I was knocking at the door the other day and, um, somebody told me they frankly watched the school board because it's the most entertaining thing on TV. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it really shouldn't be that way. And, uh, you see in certain things, you know, in the last few weeks where they do votes for one person. You know, in, in the sense of uh, breaking the law, and then they'll do an opposite vote just because it's somebody else. And that, that nonsense just needs to stop. I mean, in the end, it needs to be for the kids, and um, some of these people on the school board seem to have forgotten that. All right, so that's uh, why Jimmy's running again. Mark, you had uh, probably the closest race of anybody um, two years ago running for the school board, and uh, you're back again. What What has changed in your mind, if anything, um, in the two years since you ran, why are you back at it? Well, nothing has changed. I'm just more determined to get it done this time. I've been in the city my whole life, and um, I'm really trying to change the way things are done. Um, it seems like the school board, and again, I'm not broad-brushing everybody, and the school district have an agenda, and that agenda is not about the children. Uh, Them's fighting words, Mark. <laughs> so be it. So be it. Last time, I think I was a little too... Uh, parsing my words a little too carefully. Uh, I'm generally a guy who speaks what's on my mind, and um, that's what I plan to do going forward. As I said before, I've been in the city my whole life. I've never taken a benefit. I've, nobody's ever given me anything. I won't take the benefits as a school board member. Shame on those that do, and that money should be going back to the kids where it belongs. 
You're going to have to speak up a little, Mark. People are saying they can't hear you. Okay. Uh, maybe it's the mic. No, no, well, now you're talking to the phone. You're a little too soft-spoken. Oh. That's, that's what it is. Soft-spoken. You don't have that big, booming voice like Jimmy does. <laughs> so, again, I, 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 nobody's ever given me anything in the city, and I'm trying to um, give back Right. Some of the skill set that I have. And on what you were just saying, it should be noted that um, your opponent, Leslie Want, has voted to maintain the taxpayer-provided benefits on multiple occasions in this ward, uh, in this term, as has Jimmy's opponent, Erica Connors, and they both take the benefits. And mine. And, and yours. And yours. And yours did two years ago. So um, <laughs> they talk about it all being for the kids. But after they get theirs. Right. And I will vote to get rid of those benefits. All right. So, Joe, you're, two years ago, you ran at large. This time you're running in Ward 1. Um, why the venue change, first off? And uh, what do you see um, as the issues in Ward 1? Thanks for having me. And I apologize for the voice. I'm at the brink of uh, losing it. <laughs> you know, uh, last year or last uh, election, I did run at large. And uh, I probably should have stayed right in the ward. Uh, going uh, at large at the time was not the smartest thing. However, the issues haven't changed. Her votes haven't changed. She still takes the benefits, still backs special interests, doesn't look out for the taxpayer in Ward 1, does not participate in the school board the way the taxpayers want their, her to t- participate. We have a lot of uh, stuff going on right now in the ward, a lot of chatter, a lot of people want change. I'm willing to make those tough votes. Are, are they talking about, uh, you know, because we keep hearing from people that it's a side issue, uh, the, the benefits and the, you know, these legal issues and all of this fun stuff, the ethical issues. Uh, uh, as you go door to door, are you finding that it's, um, you know, a sideshow that no one's really talking about? Or are you finding it's the, the kind of thing that's getting under people's skin because it, it presents sort of um, irreconcilable positions? Well, that's a great question. I think if you go to a Democrat store, it's a side issue. It's a non-issue. It's uh, it's a sideshow. You go to the independents and you go to the Republican doors and it's a big issue. Mm -hmm. And it's an issue that these independents are going to decide on. And it's finally time to take back the school board. And uh, we're going to do it in Ward 1. All right. So, Lisa, you are running for a second time, this time as an incumbent seeking Mm reelection. What have you seen over the past two years that uh, has you running again? And what do you think are some of the fundamental changes that uh, need to take place? We've seen a lot of changes. Um, first off, it, it, always kudos to Dr. Vargas. I mean, I think that was probably the best and most positive thing we've done in the two years on the board. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm, I'm going to lose my voice too. Um, but what, what I've seen is instead of an attempt for 14 people to try to come together, I've seen um, just nothing but divisiveness the entire two years. And it's a smokescreen. It's taken away from the real issues. The real issues are the curriculum. The real issues are some policies that need to be yeah, You mean changed. the things that you and I have brought up? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and been attacked every time we've done a, it? And be, you yeah. know, for no other reason than being accused of having our own agenda. You know, education, by and large, is not an agenda item. It never should be. No special interest group should ever have any input on what's going on in Manchester. And that's what's happened over the past 10 years. And you can see how that's wreaked havoc just by looking at the test scores, just by looking at the quality of education that we have right now, which is which is not very good. You know, we have teachers in there who are really willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work, but we're not giving them the materials or the equipment to do the job they're supposed to be doing. Um, and, and again, you know, people, people will complain that, um, uh, you know, parents aren't involved enough. Well, you can't get parents involved if there is no, if there's no atmosphere or um, a positive milieu to allow them to voice the concerns without being shot down at every turn. So w- what I've seen is some, I have seen some positive things, but I've also seen a lot of things that still need to be fundamentally changed. And one of, the, and one of them is the attitudes about parents coming in front of the school board or to the school level administrators and being heard. Um, I am a huge parent advocate because parents know what is best for their children. End of discussion, not special interest groups, um, 
uh, not someone who sits behind a desk all day long. It's the parents. And we really, really need to tap into that very valuable resource. So I'm running again because I want parents to have a bigger voice. And I live in the district, I live in the ward that has the most entitled one funds in the city. And I would really like to see some more parental involvement over those two schools, Beach Street and Wilson. I'd really like to see it. All right. So that's Lisa Freeman up against my former opponent at large two years ago. And uh, now we come to John DePietro, the odd man out by virtue of the fact that he's the only first-time candidate um, in the House. So, John, as a, as a first-time candidate, what are you learning out there, and why did you run in the first place? Well, I guess I ran, you can boil that down to three words, data, transparency, and bureaucracy. Um, you can see from the shirt, I'm a big fan of data and <laughs> making data-driven decisions. Um, I've got a lot of experience Serving on boards, uh, for the last four years, I've been on the executive board and finance committee of a, of a large um, worldwide nonprofit, and uh, I've learned a lot about how to serve on boards, what their role is, how to behave on a board, and how to do all of this in a constructive way to affect change. I've been a change agent there. I want to be a change agent on the Manchester School Board as well. Um, a lot of the other folks this morning have mentioned you know, the ethical issues and, uh, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant there. I will say I want to add to, to Joe's point. You had asked, you know, going door to door, what are you hearing? Um, I was going door to door this weekend in a heavy Democrat neighborhood, and three Democrats with, three, with all three Democrat signs on their lawn told me um, that they're sick and tired of the shenanigans, and specifically with, with respect to my opponent – Again, we've talked about how they're always talking about it's for the children. The money needs to go for the children. My opponent was the lone vote against allowing an attorney to represent the school district pro bono against its former superintendent. So if you're all about the kids, if you want all the money to go to the kids, why are you turning down free legal representation and essentially you know, voting in favor of another $1,000 legal bill or whatever it turns out to be? And bureaucracy, you know, again, as we've been talking about this morning, just getting getting the bureaucracy out. I wrote an op-ed last week that I've uh, get, been getting a tremendous amount of positive feedback on on that subject about how bureaucra- uh, bureaucrats measure their success differently mm-hmm. than the rest of us. Uh, they measure their success according to how many people they are helping. In other words, how many victims can they find? That, that's, what, that's how they judge success as opposed to how many people don't need their help or their services, which is the way I think normal people judge success. How many, how many people don't need that extra help? How many people are, like we saw at Parker Varney, how many That's not job fewer? security though, John. Exactly, exactly. That's what, it, that's what it all comes down to. That's you know, the special interest we've been talking about this morning. Um, you know, is it really for the kids – not always. All right. So one of the things that everybody kind of touched on in one way or another was the conduct of the board. Here we go. I'll, I'll put it on me. How's that? So we can talk about this. Oh, good. Because, you know, one of the things that I um, noticed in the three-minute speeches was Erica Connors talking about how she is now working with the superintendent mm-hmm. to help teach the board its, uh, its rightful role and reading a book on how board members are supposed to conduct themselves and all, all, all of this fun stuff. And, and, and not to uh, minimize that, I have a copy of the book. I'll probably read it just out of curiosity. But it seems to me that a board that will work well together is a board that, for its disagreements, won't resort to the ongoing nasty personal attacks, the fabrications mm-hmm. of, of, of facts uh, to, to accuse people, and won't keep um, uh, digging up the dead to rehash an issue how many ever months Later, what do you see as the problem? I'll give you each a chance to uh, to answer this. What do you see as the quote unquote problem with the board? And uh, do we really need uh, professional development as the uh, uh, incumbent from Ward Six keeps saying? Well, we need professional development as a board. Do we do we need tutorials on the job training? Yeah. <laughs> do we need tutorials uh, on on what our role is and how we're <laughs> supposed to act? Do we need to read books or do we just need to? abide uh, stay focused on the issues and 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 disagree without being disagreeable i'll throw it out there jimmy you can Um, start since 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 your 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 opponent seems to now after eight years on the board be leading the charge 
um, right. <laughs> you know, to so on the, better the, behavior. Uh, and I, I could tell you some stories, but that would yeah. divulge non-public information, and I can't do that. And the last board meeting, um, last board meeting that they had, um, <clears throat> all of a sudden, I don't know, she woke up. Um, she was the most vocal of the uh, the whole meeting, um, except when it came time to uh, vote against the thing that um, they were discussing about you. Oh, um, yeah. She, she abstained. It's yeah, a, yeah, after, it's a yes or no. After this impassioned thing about um, what we should be doing, yeah. she, she abstained probably because she didn't want to, you know, totally break ranks um, with the people who were, who were pushing that vote. And you will see, and I don't have a problem saying it, I was accused of violating law because I recorded a non-public session after being asked to clerk that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I gave the audio to the clerk along with about 12 pages of notes. And uh, when the lawyer comes back, he will tell us in writing what he already told us in, in verbally, and that is – Gerard didn't do anything wrong. But we had to pay for it this time. Ding. So <laughs> they just wanted something in writing that had to be paid for. I wonder if that's your um, example of leading the board to better behavior. And I wonder if they're going to receive and file the report. Oh, well, no. I, I won't let them do it. If I have to violate uh, attorney-client privilege to release that, I will because it's my reputation and I'm not going to let it be slandered. Um, so I, I think the, the, the big thing is um, I'm not quite sure why we have nonpartisan elections in this city mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have nonpartisan elections, you come out, you you talk to the people, you knock on the doors. You don't have um, companies or people from across the whole country, um, you know, sending in information regarding your rep. Um, I heard, you know, she was spending as much as ten thousand um, dollars on the race. I mean, where what? where where is that? You know, but but on also she's running for state rep. So she's running for state rep, and she's running for school Nobody board. Nobody spends that kind of um, money on a state so, rep race either. Well, I, that's what I the uh, the rumor I heard was it was going to be ten grand. Yeah, whether that's that. true or not, and all and all the postings and the mailers and stuff, I'm, I, they're probably pretty close. So on board um, conduct, though, what in your so, mind needs to be done for the board to to not be quote unquote dysfunctional? You know name. what they've done. A lot of people have <clears throat> demonized disagreement as dysfunction, yeah. and right? When they can't, when they can't yeah. kill the message, they try to kill the messenger. Right, and, I, and, I, and I think you see that in general. You try and have a conversation with somebody, um, and when the argument's being lost, all of a sudden you're a racist or you're sexist or you're, you know, you're, you're something that you're really not, and they try to pin you as this instead of having the actual argument of uh, substance. And I think this is the same scenario. Is, is they, um, you, know, you, have, you have a large platform, um, the radio show, that nobody really has – um, and I'm always okay if you're complaining about it. Then go get a radio show, <laughs> <You know? laughs> or at least come onto a radio show that'll or let you speak on, your yeah. piece. Erica um, forgets the times I actually supported her in things where you know, but that's all right. So I, I you know, I think I think we got to stop demonizing uh, one another. We we all have opinions. Um, you know, we there's no doubt everybody lo- that's running loves this city, or they wouldn't be running. Um, and it's just a matter of the. Uh, Getting your ideas out there, um, and if your ideas don't jive, it, you know, respect the ideas anyway. Yeah. So, John, you mentioned you've served on boards. What do, what do you see are the reasons for dysfunction, and how much professional development or other, you know, book reading assignments do we does the Manchester School Board need to do to function? So, I actually have a fairly unique perspective on this as uh, a result of serving on these other boards because I've lived through a governance restructure. And what I've learned through that process and from the leaders who have been volunteer leaders in this organization for 20, 30 years is that it happens about every six to eight years. And it's deliberate. And the interesting thing is I sat down with Dr. Vargas at one of his, you know, uh, coffee, coffee with the superintendent, one of his, one of his um, public sessions, which I give him a lot of credit for doing. And I just found it odd because one of the three things that he wanted to mention at the beginning of the meeting – was board conduct. And while I agree that it's a problem, I just thought it was curious that the superintendent at a public meeting like this would begin with that issue. Then I heard Erica Connor's proposal, which is not a terrible proposal, but I understand exactly what's going on. This is something very deliberate that superintendents and executive directors do when they come in is they take basically fresh meat and they throw it on the floor of the cage and they allow all the board members to go and attack the fresh meat. And while they're distracted with all of these governance issues, and whether it's a governance restructure or whether it's taking 
every other meeting and instead of doing the business of the board to do professional development or learn this or that learning you know another sometimes another word for learning can be indoctrination so if the superintendent is in charge of the content at those meetings what he's really doing is steering the board in the direction he wants it to go so i actually talked to erica a few days ago and i said you know who's going to argue against professional development and against an effort to educate the board i said that's a good idea it's a valuable exercise i'm not sure your time is best spent during meetings doing that but then i just told her you know the, the whole experience that i just had and i said just be careful because it can be a tool that the superintendent can use to get you all to be spinning your wheels and spending your time doing other stuff and get you off of his back so he can go do what he wants to do it's important for a board to understand their responsibility of oversight and to have experience and be able to identify, ah, I've seen this movie before. So, Mark, your your opponent is is not one who necessarily participates in any of this uh, personality stuff, but she, uh, she did vote to send certain of us uh, to um, be investigated and voted to deep six the investigation and the findings of that investigation of another. And uh, she says in her candidate speech that she's been a stabilizing force on the board but every time we have one of these issues crop up she seems to be on the side um uh against what well, she seems to be on the side that would appear to support um those who are causing the issue sarah ambrosia in ward one pretty much the same thing joe they don't they don't speak ill of their fellow board members but their votes um i think underscore where they sit how do you address the issue of board governance with people who uh who, who smile but vote the wrong way. Well, you get them out of there. <laughs> you vote to get them out of there. Um, the dysfunction... Yeah, really, they're part of... They're, they enable it. Right. You know, they'll say all they want privately about what Van Houten does or DeRozier does or whatever, but publicly they say nothing and they vote the way that uh, most of the time, the way those, those people want, and so it gives them the opportunity to think they can do it again. Right. Most of the time, I watch all those meetings, and you, when you walk the ward, you see the people, they say, it's the, great, the greatest show for entertainment. Um, it, it's a sideshow. Uh, I think dysfunction is a good word. You may not agree with it, but, and again, I'm not broad-brushing everybody, but I think- No, I mean, I think the board it, is dysfunctional, dysfunctional for reasons that we're trying to get I to. I think you, need to, you guys need to put an hourglass when you're out there talking and um, move on after a certain point. And I think the, the mindset of some of these people that are elected, that they've got the right on right- and not listening to anybody else and not listening to other ideas and they're locked into their opinion or their political view, it's gone. You know, people, all people have good ideas, Democrats, Republicans. You should be able to work together. If you can't, then you've got to grow up or get out. Joe, I'm going to give you, uh, give you a shot at this one because Ambrosi <clears throat> seems to be cut from that same cloth. You know, don't say anything bad about anybody publicly, but vote on all of those issues that perpetuate the bad behavior. And I think that's exactly what our ward needs to see. Votes don't lie. And it is history. And she has quite the history of making some votes that are um, certainly against the taxpayer and for some special interest. And uh, I would agree with Mark. It's time to get him out of there. It's the election that's going to determine whether this board changes, whether our school district changes, and we move forward. If they want to keep same old, same old, you're going to get same old, same old. This time, we need to get it out there. We need to get her message. We need to get her record that was out there. She's a nice person. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to do pretty much the exact opposite of what she's done in the past eight years. All right. So, Lisa, you are on the board. You've been on the receiving end of some of this. Um, what, what, what do you see as the source of the board's dysfunction in do we need professional development and uh, group God, discussions on a book, or do we? what do we need? Do the job. The professional development. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, talk about the most preposterous proposal ever. Um, we're a school board. We're elected officials. First off, we're adults. If you don't know how to act like an adult, then you don't belong on a board of any type. If you don't know how to conduct yourself in a professional adult manner, then you don't belong there. You know, I, I'm sure when I first got elected, everyone thought I would be the one going off half-cocked and ridiculous because I'm, I'm supposed to be this overly emotional, labile Italian. Well, it didn't work out that way because you need to know how to act, 
Okay, it just it enrages me to think that you can sit on a school board and have the votes that you have and act like a teenager. It really it it really does. You know, I've heard just sitting on the board when we're taking a vote, there's a motion in front of us. I've heard some of my fellow school board representatives not paying attention to what the motion is before us, but purposely voting, voting against you our I, our Art, our Deb Langton, because we voted for it. And hearing them say, how did he vote for that? Oh, I'm voting against it. Mm-hmm. This, this is just ridiculous. What does this have to do with educating the children in Manchester? Nothing. It's ideology. And if you cannot, if you cannot extrapolate your ideology from this position on the school board, you have no place on there. Politics has no place on this school board. I have said that from day one, and I will die with those words on my lips. There is no room for politics on this school board. You can disagree with somebody. <clears throat> You're never going to agree with somebody 100% of the time. Rich, you and I don't agree all the time, but still, we can conduct ourselves in an adult, orderly, professional fashion. What is wrong with these people? They don't need professional development. They need a basic class in etiquette and how to adult. And it just, it really does enrage me to watch it happening. And I have to sit sometimes at the school board meetings, you know, with my thumb in my palm to bite, really bite my <laughs> tongue. Because if my, if my 23-year-old acted like that, he'd be getting a cuff on the back of the head. There's no way. This is just unacceptable behavior all the way around. It really is. There's no decorum. People people ask me often how I how I put up with it or how I can stand it. And I say it's pretty easy. I just I just I just know what they look like to everybody oh my watching. Gosh. And uh, everybody's I, I could not feigning. It any better. You know, everybody's feigning personal indignation. Oh, did you hear what he said? Yeah, I heard what he said. <laughs> You know, come on! You really, you're, yeah. a part, you're you're sitting on a school board with 14 other people. If you can't get a thicker skin, or if you if you're just coming up with things to be insulted by, you don't yeah. belong here. Well, whenever you're going to challenge the status quo, you're always going to get some kind of pushback. So let's let's take this conversation in that direction. You know, um, we all get we all we all get re- we all get elected. So, yeah. so let's Fix let's you. let's take it from there. Uh, you know, we run the table here and everybody that's here so far, the only one guaranteed to get elected is me because I don't have an opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of you is all get elected with me. Um, where do we go from here? What are the discussions that you folks want to have? What are the issues you want to bring to the fore? Um, what changes do you want to see? Who wants to start first? I guess I will. Um, the alpha male in the room. <clears throat> Actually, that's usually me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, some of the changes I want to see, um, we got to get back to basics of education. Um, a lot of these teachers, um, I think we spent the last, uh, boy, the, the last term of the, the last previous superintendent um, with all the red tape and the government, yeah. you know, coming down on us and all the threats and all the, you know, teachers need to be unleashed, I think. Um, this red tape, some of it needs to be lifted. We need to allow, allow them to do what they do in a classroom. Uh, we hire them to do a job, and then we turn around and tell them how to do their job. And uh, talking to teachers, and I've talked to many of them, um, and it's kind of interesting. They, you know, they, they call me you know, on a number I don't recognize and don't tell me who they are and mm-hmm. just tell me how things are going in the school. And, uh, Getting a few of those calls. And actually wishing me luck <laughs> in how I have their support. Um, just the ones that don't support me tend to be loud. <laughs> um, so, you know, so it, it's, um, so that's encouraging. Um, you know, I, I did have a conversation with, uh, one of the people that decides who they're going to uh, support. And I said, you know, I said, I'll be more of a support to you than my opponent ever will be. If you ever go back and look at the record, I said, I'm not going to vote for large contracts for you, but what I will do is I'm going to release the red tape and I'm going to do my best to give you resources in the classroom. Um, so that's one of the things I'm running on. Um, as Lisa mentioned earlier, uh, parental involvement. I think is huge. Uh, to what degree parents get involved, um, that obviously would be up to the parent. Um, but I, a couple of years ago, um, others will take credit for this, but a couple of years ago, I started a group that was uh, for, um, it was a subcommittee that we started to try and see if we can get a parental involvement group at the board level, an advisory group, I should say. Um, and basically, it would be the, um, a board member from each PTG uh, would be part of this group, and we'd bring things that would affect their kids to them and just have a conversation. They wouldn't be a voting block. They wouldn't be, 
anything other than let's have the conversation of you know so like this whole cupcake gate thing going on <laughs> you know like like that could have been ended in two seconds you know had we had this conversation with the parents how do you feel about this you know and then we can kind of um it'll help us remember that you know like i like to use the triangle you know it's the parent the student and the teacher it's not just the parent and the, not the student and the teacher the parent needs to be involved um and that has gotten as i'm walking the ward you know they people really love that idea um the fact that you know parents will be involved um at a board level uh the second thing i'm i'm extremely proud of um that i brought attention to and it actually made it twice into the mayoral debates was the uh, workforce development Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rich is probably tired of me hearing about it as we walk the ward. <laughs> but we uh, no, no, hey, listen, it, uh, but it's um, but it, it's, it's a good it's point. It's one that I it's, happen to agree with because I think there's, you know, kids who want to go to college and can go to college. That's great, but we, the district and its guidance program, are overly focused on that at the expense of other options that are available. Um, right for for kids this who, community college um, who want to go uh, directly into the workforce yep and a lot of the and I I think um, a lot of these kids uh, don't know what they don't know mm-hmm. um, so I'm actually I got a five point plan starting as um, young as seventh grade where we start we take a semester and we break it up into you know six three week increments and we teach them various aspects of the trade very low level very you know electrical it's the red the black the neutral. You know, what does this stuff do when they look at a wall and they flip a switch? You know, there's stuff that happens in the wall, behind. you know, and a lot of these kids don't know this stuff. Um, you know, and if anything, it's life lessons, right? I mean, you're going to have a house someday. you got to mm-hmm. know how to do this stuff. Um, I think if we get the kids excited, um, there's a lot of technology involved in the trades now um, where it's not you're not just a grease monkey. Um, you know, you're on the computer. You're on the, you know, CAD technology. Um, so I think... Uh, Getting these kids um, exposed uh, to this stuff will really help our district, and and success comes in all forms, as I like to say. And it, as a degree or the school of hard knocks, um, I got friends that are multimillionaires that started their business out of high school. Um, so you know, it, it is what it is. You teach them business and uh, finance and little workforce development and i think they're well on their way all right so conversations that you'll bring to the board and how things will change if you're elected who wants to go next i'll go next john all right we'll just go from my left to my right then so i earlier i said you know one of the things i'm running on is making data-driven decisions um and another thing that we've been talking about is acting like adults on the board well in a lot of ways i'm going to act like a four-year-old because you're gonna ask why a oh, lot. I'm, gonna, I'm just yeah. You guys are gonna get tired of me because I'm just gonna keep saying why, 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 why. So in other words, you're gonna be accused of being another toady of mine. <laughs> well, there, you know <laughs> that to, question has gotten me into more trouble. I can't tell you why and how. Explain to me. Um, but that also uh, dovetails into an, another aspect. And I mentioned earlier, you know, I've been a volunteer. I've been on the executive board for four years. Before that. I was vice president of strategic planning for this organization, and I learned an awful lot about setting goals. So last week at the – or two weeks ago, I think, at the school board meeting, you guys voted on a set of goals for the last seven or eight weeks of this year. You know, yeah. yay, let's work hard for the next eight weeks to achieve our, our goals. Um, but it was <coughs> striking to me that in those five goals, the word children or students was not used once. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of those goals had anything to do with academic achievement. The closest they came was Art Beaudry's proposal for a, you know, a overhaul of the math, math curriculum, which is actually well underway. Yeah. Uh, but it's setting the right goals. It's looking at the right metrics and, you know, actually holding people accountable and Working on the things that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is I've been reading dozens and dozens of, of educational studies about academic achievement. And what it boils down to is there's 14 factors that strongly correlate with a student's academic achievement. Eight of them have nothing to do with the school. Hmm. It has everything to do with the family and the mm-hmm. home life, mm-hmm. which the school has almost zero control or influence over. And even the six that are... Uh, directly related or in the control of the school, half of them have nothing to do with funding. Right. So it's it's really it's a very small percentage of 
the factors that, that lead to educational achievement that really have to do with throwing money at the problem. All right. So, Mark, you manage a $80 million budget or so for your company. Yeah, and, Fortune uh, 500 company. Yeah, so you, you kind of understand uh, numbers and things. What sorts of conversations will you bring to the school board? How do you expect your input will change discussions? Let me say kudos to Jimmy because my kid's going to college next year, and you look at the costs of these colleges, you look what they want out of them, you look at them being nonprofit, you look at how well endowed they are, you look at the government and the loans they're taking and the debt that they're coming out with after, not everybody's suited for college. My kids are, but not everybody is. And, and the fact that you're, you're geared down that road and not given options, like Jimmy says, is shameful. So with that being said, in terms of funding, I think there's a lot of, it's, it's a big issue. And I think we can do better with it. Uh, I think redistricting, number one, we get that done. We get class sizes wrapped up. We get building spaces wrapped up. And nobody can argue about class sizes after that. Number two, benefits. City's got Cigna. I believe the school department's got Blue Cross. How come everybody can't have Cigna? You know? Uh, I think, I actually think Anthem does everybody. I don't think so. You, you may know more, but I, that's not my understanding. Oh. Uh, we'll figure that out later. Um, IT, human resources, why can't those be consolidated to make more money? So you're, you're looking at, you know, restoring the district as a department of the city so that we can share shared functions rather than have I think that's a great idea. Right. You asked, so uh, I'll give you an honest answer. Yeah, I, I do think that's a good idea. Yeah, well, that's something I've looked at for a long time. And also, and not to besmirch the private sector or the nonprofits, I think there's a lot lacking there. You got guys like Dean Kamen who give you the shirt off his back, and there's a lot of other organizations out there that could do more, Um, and that that includes the nonprofit. I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot, but so be it. Um, You got that wonderful arts venue opening up, the old Rex Theater. Yeah. Right, right behind the palace. How come the palace can't help out those guys? Mm-hmm. You, you know, they seem to be doing pretty well, and I'm sure I'm going to get pounded after this. But um, how come the palace doesn't step up? The palace aren't involved in the um, New Hampshire Arts Awards, and why is that? They don't play ball with any of the other rock groups. I, I don't understand why that is. And I'm about more funding for the arts. I, I my daughter's in arts. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for kids that that come from different backgrounds, that, that given to play music, to act, to have dialogue with other kids, I, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to expand the social base for these kids. And I also, lastly, before you take that camera off me, I want to get into that department. I want to see those books. I want to see the where the money is spent. I know, or I get the sense, it might be like the federal government. You get people that have been entrenched in there for years. guy like me comes in, ah, he's going to last a year, maybe two years. So be it. I'm not running to get reelected. I'm running to do the right thing, and I'm running to redistrict, and I want to get in those books, and I want to see where the money's spent. Maybe I'm wrong, but something tells me. Uh, I could use a little help on that front. Yeah. There's <laughs> a guy who's looked. <clears throat> Lisa, two more years for you means what for the Manchester School District? It means. What oh discussions are you going to bring forward? Um, special education. That, yeah. is going, that is my baby. Um, uh, and it's not just Manchester. It's it, it's it's across the entire country right now. Funding in special education, um, looking at the IDEA laws. Um, ESEA is going to have a new set of laws. So, um, I mean, Dr. Vargas does a phenomenal job keeping up with that, but he needs board support around that, and, and it's our responsibility to make sure it's being yeah. implemented correctly. So special education is going to continue to be really my pet project at this point. Um, opening up more lines of communicate. We we did a great thing on curriculum instruction um, with that committee that uh, was put together to look at um, over testing. Right. They, oh, the, 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 the district's crazy number of oh. tests uh, uh, whose data, the data from which was never used. Exactly. Um, I, I think we really opened up a, a positive line of communication with the school level administration as well as uh, the curriculum instruction committee. And we need to continue those conversations with the school level administrators. I really want them to feel comfortable to come to us. Yeah. 
They well, don't right now because of previous administrations. Yeah. So there, there was a breakthrough moment there when they finally figured coming out. Coming to Jesus that, moment. Yeah, they finally figured out that all we wanted were answers to our questions so we could understand what they were putting in front of us, not uh, asking them questions because we were somehow opposed to what they were trying to do. Right, and I, and I think those, those conversations need to continue. They re- they, they're pivotal because if, if we're all working you know, if we're all small islands and we don't come together, then nothing is getting accomplished. We're still spinning our wheels. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to continue that good, good, positive line of communication with the school level administration. And then um, I really want to continue to push the envelope around our academic standards right now. There's a lot of there's there's a lot lacking. And I think um, we need more local control, and I think we need to finally step up and say, you know what, federal government, state governments, uh, Department of Education, you're not, you're not doing a good job with our children. You're not giving us anything we can work with. And I'm sure everybody's seen the article that Bill Gates has come out and basically said that Common Core was a disaster. Uh, the guy who, the guy who funded it, gave millions of dollars to unions to back it, and everything else is now admitting that, that uh, the experiment failed. And gee, we've only damaged kids for what the last five years because. Of so we need to continue to, to really put that stuff under a microscope. But we need to build, we need to pull the educators in because they know what's going to they they have a pretty good feel on what's going to work. So and I'd like to and you and I have talked about this many times. I'd love to see us go back to 1930s, 1940s standards. Yep. Those standards are what put a man on the moon. Those standards are what got us on 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 the world wide web, developed the internet. Even though Al Gore thinks he did, but those are the thing. Our technology. Well, now you know, is the, because of those standards. Right, but I want to I say something about that because your opponent in this race, when that was brought up by uh, Patrice Bernard, um, when we were going through the standards review and we brought that forward, and I actually had that book that she found with the 1930 standards. Uh-huh. I, I, I had it uh, scanned. I sent it to every member of the school board. I sent it to the administration. They allegedly incorporated it into the standards review. And uh, Staub actually said in public session that that might have been nice for the 1930s, but it won't lead to uh, satisfying 21st century careers. When you look at the standards, they actually spend more time in reading, writing, and arithmetic Mm -hmm. in the uh, in the elementary school years by a long shot than what we're teaching our kids now. So what's it say about the standards that we think we're going to get better results by teaching less of the topic and by and doing it through methods that are experimental at best and counterproductive uh, as john always says in god we trust i'll let this bring data there was no data to to substantiate what we're doing in manchester none zero zilch nada so so kathy staub supports teaching less english math reading and writing in the elementary levels because she opposes those industrial age standards that may have been good for factory jobs but not for technology you know and and i'll wrap up with this here's the thing those standards in the 1930s were difficult standards however some some children failed and there was no doubt about it but given right now in this in this position in time now we've identified learning disabilities developmental disorders there's no reason why we can't take that same curriculum and adapt it to those children who may not learn in a normal manner. So honestly, I, I really want to continue to push the envelope at looking at these Manchester academic standards and, and really stepping it up. I mean, these kids need to be challenged. Some of the problems we're having is kids aren't being challenged. And we've learned that at Parker Varney, haven't we? When yes. we actually when we actually take kids that are really bright and we, we give them the ability to learn at their level. Suddenly, they're not a discipline problem anymore. Suddenly, they're not acting out in class. Suddenly, they're excited to come to school. And wow. What a, what a change. You know, I'm no educator, and I say that all the time. Well, you I'm, shouldn't because that, you, you wear that like a, a cross, and you shouldn't. Well, I should because I, sometimes I want to say to people when they're presenting, you know, talk to me like I'm a three-year-old because I don't understand what you're saying. Make me understand. Help me to understand. So um, – I am I am not embarrassed by that by any stretch. I wouldn't come out and start talking occupational therapy speech. So, um, it, given that, um, I want to continue to to push the envelope on the standards. All right. So, Joe, you get elected. What conversations are you going to be responsible for starting uh, or participating in at the school board? I think first and foremost, um, we need to uh, be a little more transparent on that board. I've been very vocal about what's been going on and all the shenanigans. Number two, we need to stop the soap opera on that board. The Manchester board turns, whatever that soap is, okay? It's got to stop. As the board turns. As the board turns. It's entertainment, though. You know, 
Um, I'm a former teacher. The MEA won't even take a look at me mm -hmm. uh, because I'm on record that I won't give them a fat contract. But I understand what they go through every day. And I think we could work together. And our teachers need to have a little more flexibility. They need to be released. And they need to be able to do the job that they know how to do. Because I'll tell you what, our teachers are pretty awesome. Uh, the next thing is, of course, the benefits. Um, I've been pretty vocal about that as well. Yeah, well, your opponent lives in a $1.2 million house but can't uh, seem to afford insurance benefits on her own. No, I yes, did. I said that in my out loud voice because it really irritates me because I remember one of the votes it was brought up and, you know, I, I don't know if her husband lost her job or they get the benefits through 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 that. And she's, well, well, you know, we had a situation, so now I have to go home if this vote passes and tell my husband we have to find health insurance somewhere else. I, she was just all outraged by that, but she just bought a $1.2 million house. I think she'd probably make the insurance payment. www.obamacare.com. It's yeah. available out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she voted for Obama, and she voted for Hillary. So I would think she would take advantage of all that. I, it was supposedly a great program. I, I'm, I'm just having a hard time understanding. I mean, there are other options except for leeching off the taxpayer where our kids need Right. This money. Yeah. Meantime, they're all voting for budgets that cut, you know, cut books, cut supplies, cut maintenance, cut repairs, cut everything but their own perks. That's right. All right. So uh, we got a few minutes left here. Um, what do you guys want to do? You want to take a uh, sort of like a, a closing presentation? Uh, is there something else that you want to bring up? What, what do you want to do here? Jimmy. Um, I'll close it, I guess, real quick. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm Jimmy LaHoo, running for school board in Ward 8. Um, I'm excited at what the uh, future holds. Um, Dr. Vargas is a breath of fresh air. Uh, pretty excited. Um, the the other day, somebody posted on Facebook about all the things, um, all the people we don't have that have quit um, at the supers level, the assistants and the special ed and all that. And they said, uh, "What a wonderful opportunity for Dr. Vargas exactly. to build his and own team." And they said, uh, "So from here on out, all the failures are his." And I, mm -hmm. um, I want to say, well. Uh, the opposite of that from here on out all the successes are his as well and um and i want to be part of that um i think there's a there's a movement um that started and um i think uh me being on the board um uh, very being very transparent getting the info from my constituents um at wide citywide meetings mm -hmm. or wardwide meetings um and being out there um I think I will be a good asset to the board. Yeah, but, so, and and I'll, I will I will say this because I can't say much, but a number of the issues that um, the board has, I think, gotten involved in and been on the wrong side of, involve personnel issues that have um, led certain people with certain agendas, both on the board and in the administration, to uh, have a bigger bat to hit Dr. Vargas with, mm -hmm. and uh, that's starting to change now. Maybe because it's an election year, or maybe because people are finally getting it. But uh, going to give the guy. The responsibility of running the place when it comes to personnel, you got to let him manage it as he sees fit. Because if you don't, you create sedition in the organization, and that's been a huge problem over the past year. Huge. Yep. So I'm I, I'm excited uh, for what the future what the future holds, and I hope to be part of it. So uh, Jimmy LaHue, Ward Eight, and I'd appreciate your vote. Thank you, <laughs> John DePietro, Ward Six. Okay. So just wrap up the things that we've been discussing uh, all along this morning. Um, you know, what I want to bring to the board, what I think I can bring to the board is my experience, my executive experience, my board experience, asking the right questions, holding people accountable, um, and being an independent voice. You know, that's something that uh, has been – I've been asked a couple of times on the campaign trail. It's, you know, are you just going to fall in lockstep with the Republicans or with Gerard or, or you know, whoever? And um, I'm not an ideologue, you know, and part of the – you know, my background, what I've been doing for the last seven or eight years is marketing. So I've been studying a lot about um, persuasion and psychology and, you know, what what poisons our thinking. And so uh, I've learned how to avoid that, how to, how to recognize and avoid um, biases. And it's allowed me like to, I think— Voting for a program after thousands of dollars are spent by the organization that proposed it on your election and re-election? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Or the unions whose contracts are yeah. up and will be coming up again? So making unbiased decisions and, as everybody's been saying, transparency, 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 and parental rights and involvement. All right. Mark Flanders. Mark Flanders, Ward 4, lifetime, lifetime resident of the city. 
I'm running not as a politician. I'm running to do the right thing and change the mess. No disrespect to you that's going on in the school. Right, listen, I'm, I'm helping make it a mess so people can see what's there. I'm uh, just pulling the sheet back, man. Yeah. I'm not backed by an organization. I'm, I'm simply there to do the right thing. And, and, and I have two kids at Central. I bring huge business experience, huge investigative experience. And I'm hoping to bring that skill set and bring some much-needed change to the board. Politics, as usual, has got to stop. I'm not, gonna, I'm not looking to get elected again. If I do, so be it. But I'm going to make the votes to do the right thing, and so be it if people don't like it. But it's going to be for the right thing and not for self-interest. All right. Lisa Freeman, Ward 5, seeking re-election. I am. I'm seeking re-election, and I first want to say that um, it's been a pleasure and an honor to serve for two years for Ward 5. Um, I've, I've learned a lot about the people who live in my ward, and um, one of the things is we're, we're, we're all very similar. Um, given that, I will always bring a common-sense approach to, to my decisions on the school board. I don't follow an ideologue. I don't follow a political genre. Um, you know, common sense it, it dictates. What makes sense makes sense. Um, I, re- I don't have any agenda or any PACs behind me. Um, I've gotten uh, – I've received one, endo- actually two endorsements, and but no money attached to it. Um, I'm not looking for endorsements. They're nice, but I'm not looking for endorsements. My endorsement is um, my constituents. Um, I'm I'm always available for them, and I'll never promise something. I won't promise anything. Um, you can't promise something in a position like this. All you can do is promise to be there and try to assist and try to help. Um, Again, I don't care what your politics are. I really don't. I don't want politics on that school board. Um, I want people who care about where we're going educationally. So I would be on it if you'd reelect me. All right, Joe Lachance, Ward 1. Joe Lachance, Ward 1, I am your choice for change. We need change in Ward 1. We've had the same old, same old for a long time, and nothing's getting done the right way. It is my dream to be on a board that is functional, this is something I uh, would pride myself in. Uh, constituent work is very important. Uh, working with the teachers and protecting the taxpayers while doing what's in the best in- interest for the kids is most important. So I would appreciate your vote uh, for Ward 1. If you want to change, I'm the agent. Thank you. All right, folks, I want to thank you all for being here. We're going to take a quick break for traffic, weather, and sports. We'll come back with a preview of tomorrow's show. We're not done yet. Stay with us.